Welcome to B2B Sales Trends, the podcast dedicated to sales leaders in the B2B space, where we share conversations about innovative and successful sales transformations to keep you up to date on the latest trends. This podcast is brought to you by Global Performance Group. Welcome to yet another fabulous episode of the B2B Sales Trends podcast. The podcast that brings you hacks, tips, thought leadership for sales, marketing, and customer success. It's brought to you by us. Who is us? Who are us? It's Global Performance Group, a revenue improvement boutique that implements behavior change through a hybrid ecosystem of application-focused training solutions, scalable technology, and expert coaching. My name is Harry Kendelbacher, and today I have with me Caitlin McGuinness. Welcome to the B2B Sales Trends Podcast, Caitlin. Hi, Harry. Thank you so much for having me on today. Absolute pleasure. Caitlin, as a way to get this started, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, if you could, to us and uh, uh, our viewers. Yeah, absolutely. So, hi, everyone. I'm Caitlin McGinnis, like he said. I um, currently am an enterprise account executive with Turbonomic, an IBM company. Um, more importantly than that, I am a mother uh, to my amazing son, Evan. He's seven years old, and he is the light of my life. Um, and that's why I do what I do. But uh, recently, I got out of the Air Force. I'm an Air Force veteran. And that's wow. how I, yeah, that's how I ended up in tech. I got out of the Air Force. I was a cryptologic language analyst, which is has nothing to do with technology. <laughs> hmm, um, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I ended my service in the Air Force after 10 years. And I thought I wanted to make a pivot into technology. I saw mm. similarities in that environment. And I wanted to get into another environment that, would move, that was moving fast, um, that was constantly iterating, that was making a big mm. impact. And so I thought that I wanted to get into tech. And so that's how I ended up in, at Turbonomic. And I wanted to be in sales. And so you know, that's how I landed at Turbo as an SDR. And yeah, that's a little bit about my background. Fabulous, fabulous! And what a what a nice age of uh, of your son, seven years old. I remember when my kids were like that. Uh, fabulous, enjoy it. Great age, great age. Yeah, Very it's nice. fun. It keeps me busy for sure. Oh, absolutely! And uh, it's going to get more fabulous. Good times to come. Uh, Caitlin, thank you for that introduction. Uh, interesting with your background. Can you talk a little bit around, uh, you know, your background as an Air Force veteran and how, you know, that experience in a way has impacted your approach to sales development in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I touched on a little bit. I served for 10 years in the Air Force as a cryptologic language analyst. And then, you know, throughout those 10 years, uh, I served as an individual contributor, and then I got into program management later in my career. Um, and all of that was primarily in the intelligence community. Right. And, you know, in that environment, it's really fast paced and it's it's customer focused, you know, right. um, we're, we're mission focused and solution centric. And within that environment, I was able to use all of those skills that I gained in that environment and use that in this SDR role mm. to really like use exactly what I was doing before, but in a sales environment now. And so, and I enjoyed what I was doing before, but mm. I found that 
I was able to do that in the sales environment in a new way. And so mm. before where we were like in a, in the military environment, you know, you think mm. of the military, you know, we're getting things done, we're mission focused, but in a sales environment, you wouldn't exactly think that the military skills would apply, but they absolutely do. Um, right. Because, you know, when we're doing a sales campaign, um, you have to quickly identify what needs to get done. You know, mm. you might not call it a mission, but it is a mission. Um, mm. And so I find the exact same thing fun in a sales campaign too. Um, you have to understand what the customer needs. You have to be empathetic. You have to quickly identify what needs to get done. And so it really is a very similar environment. I love that. I love that. And especially when you frame it around a mission, uh, that's a lot from your background that, that can be applied to, to the sales role. Very interesting. And for, uh, for the listeners, uh, for the sake of a, uh, an abbreviation, SDI is for sales development rep, correct? Yes, absolutely. Sorry for Great. not clarifying that. That's all right. That's okay. And it sounds like you, you clearly had a lot of success uh, in your role as an STI, and you called it turbo in terms of uh, instead of turbonomic, right? Yes, yeah, we call it turbo okay. for short, turbonomic turbo. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, so you clearly were very successful as an SDI turbo, uh, and uh, you know achieving even uh, I know that uh, top SDI in 2021. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I was so surprised by that. We had our company kickoff meeting and um, they were doing their awards and I was totally not expecting it and leadership surprised me with that. So um, I was really grateful for that. It was very oh, cool. fabulous yeah. achievement. Hope there was a big celebration with it. Uh, yeah, they, they sent out the little awards um, like virtually and it was very cool. Right. We're a totally remote company for the most right. part. And so, um, but yeah, it was very cool. <laughs> Well, congratulations. I'm sure they uh, have given you that award based on uh, on the success that you have achieved and the value you brought to the company, not just uh, from yourself, but also from uh, uh, your process. So talking of process, uh, you know, achieving SDR, top SDR in 2021, being very successful at that role, what was your prospecting process? You know, share that a little bit for the audience because I know a lot of people are dying to hear little hacks and tips and tricks and what makes an SDR so successful. So what was your prospecting process? For sure. Um, so coming into this role, uh, totally new to tech, totally new to sales, right? Um, I had to lean in to what I was good at um, when with that, I wasn't afraid to ask for help. I wasn't afraid to mm -hmm. leverage the relationships I had within the company. And mm -hmm. I learned everything I knew from those who are willing to share their knowledge and their time. And so just saying this up front, like I'm very grateful for those who are willing to help me. Um, right. <laughs> so everything I'm sharing is things I learned from those within the company uh, who are willing to help me. Um, so with that, I, I'm sharing this knowledge within two buckets, focused on internal research and external research for prospecting. Um, so with internal research for any SDR sales development representative that's listening or someone who hopes to be one, right? Um, I would focus internal research um, on your internal tools within the company, whether that's like Salesforce or whatever else you're learning, like using within the company. 
um, you know, look at the past opportunities that were uh, within your organization. Um, the who's, the what's, when, where, why, right? Um, what was going on? Get as much information as you can. Uh, conversations with past representatives within your company. Um, you're basically like gathering as much information internally as you can. You're mm. collating data, right? Like right. just in, like ingesting as much information as you can at this point within your prospecting process. Um, if you have alliance partners, if you have anything within your organization that you can coordinate with now for leveraging ease of access. Um, and then if you have marketing campaigns in the future, you might like, you might not think of this as prospecting, but if you think with a forward mindset, um, if your prospecting is going to be successful, you want to coordinate with marketing to see if there are going to be any upcoming events that will align with your customers' interests. So do that now, right? With your internal right. research. So that's within my bucket of internal research. Um, right. So it's hard to like explain this verbally, but bucket number one, internal research, use your tools, um, get past opportunities, um, mm. conversations with other representatives, things like that. Um, and then for external research, it's like, you're going to want to be basically doing open source intelligence gathering. And this is where my um, skills as an actual analyst came in to right. use um, because I was like, I can do this. Like I can scour the internet for anything, right? Um, mm -hmm. You're doing research on Google strategy, mergers, acquisitions, annual reports, industry news, interviews on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, basically anything, anywhere that anyone has ever posted about the company that you're looking into, you want to know what you're talking about, right? Um, because if you're looking at if this company is a good technical fit for the product that you're pitching, mm. you need to know. Um, you need to know what you're talking about. And then if you look at the personas that you're talking to, you also need to know what you're talking about there. So once you have your internal research done about like what has already been done previously, once you go into external research, you need to do more specific research there externally. So um, a little bit in the weeds, right? But that applies to any company that's doing research for any SDR, like, um, yeah, that's like a little bit weedy, but I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I think it does. And I think it's, it, it, I like what you did in terms of into those two buckets, you know, internal research, external research. Clearly, this is what we have to be uh, doing to get our internal stuff in line. Uh, this is what we need to find out about uh, the prospect in terms of a lead. I'm glad that you mentioned around different personas. Uh, that's something that a lot of companies are struggling in terms of their prospecting process is they don't know who to go after. They don't know who is making the decision. They don't know who is their ideal customer profile in a way. So a lot of the activity and a lot of the effort that is created by these companies is going down the pan because and it's not useful and it doesn't yield result because of just that. 
Right. Absolutely. We have like a strategy that we talk about within our company. They call it working the W. And so within a company, like you want to start high and try to like break in high and then leverage that relationship. So then you can go low and talk to a lower level technical person um, and then work back up the W. And so they kind of use that strategy. Right. Um, And so I, I like that. I think yeah. I've seen success with that strategy as well. Um, and so I don't know if other SDRs listening would want to try that out, try that on for size within their prospecting as well. But yeah, and it's a really good good point. And and recently I was just listening to to an, another podcast, and that individual who was very knowledgeable in 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 that in that area said, you know, you don't, when you have different decision makers within the decision-making team, you're really looking not just for individual yeses within this, you, you're looking for a collective yes. And that's a different approach because everybody has a different set of needs, a different set of pain points, a different set of what they are interested in. So our target really needs to be persona specific and, 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 and different. And the other thing that I heard was very, uh, and I can't take credit for that, was it's one thing to understand who is who in the zoo, but it's another thing to understand how the animals come out of the cage. <laughs> uh, that's, I thought that was an interesting uh, 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 comment there. Uh, interesting, very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about your lead qualification, if we could. Absolutely. You know, in our sales training process at Global Performance Group, we always emphasize learning about buyers' needs and making sure that uh, we not just understand the other party's need, but also how do we generate a new set of needs in the mind of the buyer. Sometimes they're unknown, sometimes they're underappreciated, they're undiscovered and so forth. Uh, And then determine really whether or not the the service or the product is the right fit for them, right? So how did you go about qualifying leads in your time as an SDR to identify your ideal prospects? Yeah, I am. Listening to this question, it kind of made me laugh internally because as as an SDR, you know, getting a hold of an actual customer or a client or a prospect is the hardest part. So it's like, how do you actually qualify someone without getting them? Um, so it's like the first step is getting a hold of somebody, right? So it's like trying to find the right time to get them on the phone. Um, but to actually qualify someone, I think um, our process and something that that I tried to focus on, and I, I tried to collect my thoughts on this, and I think it comes mm-hmm. down to trying to collect as many P's as possible and like what I mean by that is um, people, processes, projects, pain, products, partners. <laughs> and um, hmm, so interesting. Like, yeah. So I'll go into that. Right. So it's like the people who are the stakeholders. So right. like when we get on the phone or when we talk to somebody, you know, for our product specifically, like who are the stakeholders for the cloud or your virtual life's environment? Um, mm. And, you know, for a different product, you might ask a different question, but it probably has something to do with the people. Like who is the right Mm. person to, who is the right person to talk to for this? Right. Right. Um, Who are the people I need? I actually need to talk to Um, uh, for us, you know, for processes, you know, how do you manage your virtualized environment today? You know, like 
what are you doing? You probably have a process question you want to ask them. Um, mm-hmm. For projects, you know, do you have any current projects going on? You know, are you doing consolidation, migrations, right-sizing? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing in your virtualized environment? Your product might have a different projects question. I bet it does. Um, pain, what is your pain point? You know, we're all trying to solve a problem for somebody. It right. is a pain, it's a pain point, you know, it's a problem. Right. Um and then products, what vendors are you leveraging? What other products are you using? Um, mm-hmm. There's probably something like that that you want an answer to for your product. Um, and then partners, do you have a trusted reseller? Are you working with other partners? Um, mm-hmm. But if we can get answers to any of these questions as we're qualifying them, it helps us understand if they're a good technical fit for us, if we're a good yeah. technical fit for them. Um, but especially as an SDR, like working with an account executive, if I can get any of these answers, it helps them. It definitely helps them. If I can even get one of them, it gives them more information. Um, So yeah, as I was collecting my thoughts to think about this, Mm. I was like, these are the, these are the real questions. You know, there are always more, there are always more questions we can get, but these are the ones that matter. So. And I particularly like uh, the one you shared about the, you know, what is the pain? What is your current pain point? You know, in our industry, it's a lot about why should people do something different? Why not stay the same? Right. Let's do nothing, right? And if the pain is not big enough, uh, we might as well stay status quo. And so how do we identify, is there a pain? Um, And uh, and a lot of the times I would assume that what you're selling in terms of cloud virtualization and so forth, you need to educate a lot some of your targets, right? They they may not know that they have that problem. Right. So there is an education process, I would assume. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Like right. the biggest competitor is um, the just yeah. the way of doing business, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, we we talk a lot. It's so interesting. We talk a lot, especially early on, and when you uh, when you when you identify the uh, the prospect, you, you know the lead. Should I say, is that the right lead for us? So after you've done the, your personas and your ideal customer profile and so forth, is is this really the right opportunity for us? Is the budget? Is the pain enough? Is there willingness to change? And are they giving us access to the stakeholders? Right. I mean, that's something that that and in the way you've summarized, it's much nicer than I I just have. Um, uh, but uh, the the other thing that we always talk about is the um, the idea of what is the cost of inaction for you, dear customer, right? So we've raised that need now in your mind. You, you feel like the pain is not big enough. You staying the same or safe. The question is, what does it cost you if you continue to stay the same? So if we have that insight, it makes just a super, super cool case for any seller to, to have that argument. Interesting. Very interesting topic. You know, one of the characteristics of a successful SDR, uh, <laughs> as I may, uh, may say, that is an innovative and agile mindset, right? And I think it's a, it's a critical component of, you know, proactively seeking new business opportunities, new, um, 
processes and so forth. What are some of the creative things that you and your team at, uh, at, at your organization have done to grow that success? Yeah, I think so. It can be difficult being in a remote environment and trying to bounce ideas off of each other. Mm. Um, and, and so one of the things that our management had encouraged and that we kept doing was finding time for the, the SDR team to get together virtually. And so a couple of times a week, we would set up like call blocks where we would all get together and, you know, try to make calls. And then we would come off of mute um, if we would get anybody on the line so we could hear right. each other. Um, or we would just set up time to be together virtually, even if we were just, you know, sending out our emails or doing our work mm -hmm. or doing our prospecting together. Um, because, you know, we're not in an office, you know, we're all just at home. Um, and so when you're in that environment, you know, it might not see like that's the most innovative thing to do. But if you're sitting somewhere and you're in a Zoom room together, if you have an idea, instead of just keeping it to yourself, you can share it out loud. And then when you have 10 people sharing their ideas out loud, you know, you have you, you almost lose that if you're not in an office together. But then you can start mm -hmm. collaborating and then you can start brainstorming together. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you intentionally set that time once a week to start doing that, you're going to start getting creative ideas. And we did. Um, you know, we came up with new ideas to make email cadences or fun ways to try to incentivize, you know, like we just had better ideas together than we did alone. Um, okay. Yeah. And so right. that that was we saw more success that way, you know, and we got to hear each other making phone calls and we got to see what didn't work. Right. Right. <laughs> and so um, that, you know, that's what we did to foster new ideas. And it boosted morale, you know, because it yeah. can be. It can be hard, you know, when you're mm. not seeing success by yourself day after day after day. Um, yeah. And so you sometimes you just need to see that you're not alone in that and it makes you feel better. <laughs> and what you're doing through uh, doing what you've just described is you really create that level of additional engagement for people that anybody who sits in, the, in their uh, remote offices needs to have these days. Otherwise, right. people go insane and... And, and we always talk about, you know, innovation is not a quick trip to some brainstorm island where somebody comes up with this great idea quickly. Innovation is a process, right? It's a process of noticing things around you. Uh, it's a process of asking the tough question. It's a process of, you know, hearing other people out, understanding their point of views, and therefore you can create new types of thinking, new ideas, and so forth. And it sounds like you guys have done this really well. Yeah, it really did work for us. So I encourage other teams to try it if they're not doing it already. Right, right. Um, I want to touch on, we're almost at the end. Last question for you, uh, uh, Caitlin, is cold outreach is something that's on everybody's mind. You know, it used to work really, really well. Uh, I know how I feel a lot of the time. You know, I receive so many messages and, and usually they end up on a particular button on my keyboard that starts with D and ends with E, uh, <laughs> delete in other ways. Uh, you know, and, and it's a real pain when you keep getting these messages. You know, from your experience of being really successful at what you've, you, you've done, 
your role as an SDR. You know, what are the, the, the let's say, five tips that you have to improve that messaging for any salesperson or any sales sales individual out there that feels like they need to refine their approach on cold outreach a little bit? What would be your, your recommendations? Okay, yeah. So five tips. Um, number one, I would say do more of what you are good at. And that was some of the best advice I got in the beginning because we're all individuals. Um, Some of us might be more technical. Some of us might be more funny or witty or friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't try to be a different person when you're on the phone or whether you're in an email. Um, Just be more of who you are. So, you know, when I call people, I don't try to be the technical expert and get right into the weeds. I'm just Caitlin on the phone you know, and, um, people tend not to hang up on me right away. Cause I, I'm like friendly sounding and they think maybe I'm their friend calling and then they find out I'm not. And then they hang up on me, <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> um, but it is what it is, you know, so just be who you are. And, um, you know, maybe you'll see your, you'll feel like yourself and then you'll get more comfortable. And I think that when you get comfortable with who you are, and you don't try to like force yourself into like a sales role. Like it just feels more natural and people mm. like that. So do more of what you're good at. Lean into who mm. you are. Tip number That's one. Great advice. That's great advice. Right. Number two. Number two. Don't forget the human element. Um, mm. We get so many scripts as salespeople of what other people were doing. And it sounds I- so canned. It sounds mechanical. Um, we've all gotten those emails. If we pull up our phones right now, we probably have like a, a we can open our email and see one and we're like, this is a sales pitch. <laughs> so um, just rewrite it, you know, try to make it sound human. Put a PS statement at the end of it. You know, if you're sending an email to somebody and you did some research on them and you see that you guys are both like, I don't know, fans of the same sports team or something, like just be like, oh, PS, I saw that we're both, from this place or we both went to the same college like I don't know do something like that it, it can mm. go a long way you know maybe they'll think you're just a salesperson trying too hard maybe or maybe they'll appreciate it so right. don't forget the human element number two mm. so number three find someone who's successful in your organization and model their approach mm. you know if you don't know the best approach use someone else's best approach until you find your own um, that's what I did as a new SDR. I was totally new to tech sales. I didn't know what I was doing. I reached out to other people and I said, what are you doing? Let, let me do that. Um, model their approach until you're good at it and then give it your own flair. I, I mean, this job is about constantly iterating and finding a better process. So, mm-hmm. you know, model someone else's process, refine your approach. Um, okay. This is a lot of advice. Um, no, that's that, that's very good, and I, I really, really like uh, your take on you know the human element of it. You know, with with all this you know support and tools and ten thousand things that you have to do nowadays as a as a as a sales rep. You know, we tend to forget people still buy from people. Yeah. And uh, that's important. And yes, everything is trying to get automated. And yes, we are 
getting into a new area and, and with with those topics, I still really believe that humans still live in humans. So if you put a human piece out there, you'll receive it back. So I, I couldn't agree more with you. Are there any more? I think we only had three or four. I've, got I've got I, I lost count. Left. So any other tips you have? Two small tips left. I think Go that ahead. the most important thing that you can do is slow down and listen when you're mm. talking to somebody. Um, just listen to what they're saying. And then the last piece is just shake it off because mm. <laughs> sometimes you don't need to refine your approach. You just need to take a break. <laughs> So, and that is, is, is that, is that, uh, when you, uh, when you say that, do you mean by that sometimes it can get frustrating and, and it's hard to take when you get your fifth no? And, uh, is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, that? that's what I mean. Like sometimes you right. feel like defeated and you're like, I need to change my approach. This isn't working. Like sometimes, you know, you don't need to change your approach. Like you just need to like shake it off, go for a walk, come back and try again. Like you just need to take a little break, take a breather, go for a walk and pick up the phone again, you know? Um, So just shake it off, try again. So I, we always say, don't take it personal, right? They, it's, it just, uh, don't take it personal, but you know, sometimes that's the difficult piece. Again, coming back to your earlier point, we're all humans and, uh, and that's okay. That's okay. Caitlin McGuinness, you've been a fabulous guest. Thank you so much uh, for your time, for sharing your valuable points of view, your super insights. Uh, Thank you so much to all of our listeners. My name is Harry Kendelbacher. Visit us at www.globalperformancegroup.com and I'll see you at the next episode of B2B Sales Trend. Happy selling. Look after yourselves. Thank you so much. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you, Harry.